This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. What up, Knicks fans? It is a hard Knicks life. Mm. Very phlegmy, Barry. <laughs> Let me try that again. <clears throat> what up, Knicks fans? It is a hard Knicks life. We are available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify. Where else, Barry? Everywhere you get your favorite podcast. Barry, what's your favorite podcast? It's a hard Knicks life. Fuck right. Find the best tickets at the best prices for all your favorite sporting events, concerts, and shows, Barry. Where? SeatGeek. SeatGeek. Use promo code HARDNICKSLIFE, all caps, for $20 off your first purchase. It's a great deal, right, Barry? It is an awesome deal. Why not save 20 bucks? Why not? Barry just got back from a cruise, but it's still a Hard Nick's Life. This is Season 2, Episode 8. In the early 90s, I and many others fell in love with a team that embodied everything our city stood for. The toughness, the heart, the fight. But we've fallen on hard times, and we went from throwing the punches to taking them. The New York Knicks are irrelevant to basketball. Hey, Ernest, why are we showing the name? Yes. <laughs> Yet through it all, my commitment hasn't wavered. I watch every game hoping that one day, just maybe, that team that didn't back down from anybody, that team that shook the garden every time it played, that team that I fell in love with, returns. But until that day, it's a hard Knicks life. Hey, guys, this is Bart. Uh, I'm from D.C., I've uh, been a Knicks fan since 93-94. I have a question. I know it's a hard Knicks life, and part of that is because Ron Baker's contract really pisses me off. I want to know why the Knicks would offer Ron Baker that contract. All right, thanks, fellas. <laughs> oh, man. He's really depressed, dude. <laughs> That is the most depressed Knicks fan I've heard in a long time. That was Bart from D.C. living the really depressed hard Knicks life, Barry. Yeah, yeah, that guy is uh, <laughs> in a bad place. Oh, no. Bart, we're going to reach out to you after the show and make sure everything's okay. Right, Barry? Oh, I think it's our obligation. That Ron Baker contract has him down. I, I'm at a loss, Craig. <laughs> I feel his pain. Just give him a good reason why we signed Ron the, Baker. Look, the, the Knicks have a few bad contracts right now, right? I mean, I wouldn't cling to that one as being the worst one, you know. Um, is it bad? Yes. Is he worth half of that money? No. Um, I don't know. We just got to <laughs> okay. don't think, think about it. <laughs> it was a mistake, Bart. I think we all know it was a mistake. Plain and simple. That was before Scott Perry was with the team. So Steve Mills, you know, did a couple things. He gave Tim Hardaway Jr. that contract, which some people hate. I don't mind it. Barry? Well, oh, the Hardaway contract? All right. You're really paying attention tonight, Barry. 
I'm I, thinking about what I'm going to say about Ron Baker. I was going to okay, say that the silver lining about, is... You said listen, enough about Ron Baker, dude. But what I was going to say the say? silver lining to Bart is that, yes, that was under an old regime. All right? So don't worry. Don't let it bother you that much. Oh, we got new players in town. All right. The silver lining, Bart, is that that contract is over after this year. That's all I can tell you. Welcome back from that cruise, Barry. Thanks, Craig. <laughs> How it was, was nice. it? It was great. It was great. What's not to be great about being on a cruise? How many days was that? It was just the four-day one. Four-day you know, cruise. You yeah, went where? Yeah, four-day cruise. We went from New York to Bermuda. Uh-huh. You know, you basically sail down to Bermuda. You're there for like eight hours, and then you got to head back, you know? Uh, so you kind of cram it in, but we made the most of it. We uh, swam with the dolphins when we got there oh. that, that morning, which was nice. And then we found like a, like a private beach. Um, you know, it's not private beach. It's a public beach, but it wasn't like overcrowded because it wasn't like right where the cruise was docked. We asked like one of the locals there like to recommend the beach for us. And uh, it was really, really nice. It was like smaller than a football field, you know, you know huge rock structures and clear water. It was great. We had a really nice time in Bermuda, and, and the cruise itself was uh, was awesome. How how do the beaches compare to the Latvian beaches? You're saying that like I've been to the Latvian beaches. Well, you know, Fizdale has been, so we've all been. We, <laughs> we, we go everywhere he goes. Yeah. Dude, any Knicks fans on the trip? There were a couple. I spotted in the distance. I saw one guy sporting a KP jersey. Um, he was like, you know... Further down, I didn't, I didn't spark up a conversation with him. You didn't, like, bump into him more than once? No. No, well, he didn't, like, wear the jersey every day, I'm sure. <laughs> you see that Knicks championship? Yeah, the, the gaming championship. Dude, are people really into that? There is a whole scene where people are, like, super into it. I mean, I don't get it. But then again, I'm not into, you know, any of those gaming things. I'm not into Fortnite. I'm not into xbox and ps4 and all that so i guess if you're into that and you're into you know nba 2k or whatever it is then you're into this so jerry ferrara had some sort of connection to them yeah to like the knicks side yeah yeah he was definitely involved with like the knicks team you know uh their virtual team did you see his reaction on twitter to the championship uh i probably glossed over it because like i said i I didn't i just don't care Listen to this. And we're champions! We're champions, baby! We're champions! Everybody wants to doubt and say you should be in the finals. We're in the finals! We're champions! Year one, baby! Knicks gaming! Champs! That's what I'm talking about! How can you be so into this? (laughs) Dude, Knicks fans are out of their minds. Crazy. I mean, maybe, maybe if you were like one of the guys behind the controller. Maybe. You're that excited. <laughs> but as an outsider watching this, how can anybody get so pumped up about this? I don't get it. It's pathetic. <laughs> right? I mean, I don't want to offend any of our listeners who might be into this. But yes, it is pathetic. <laughs> oh, man. he kept, he. I stopped it early for you, Barry, but it kept going. Listen. Champs, that's a sweep. That's a sweep. That's a sweep down the left. 12, 14 points. That's a sweep. Barry, was that a sweep? <laughs> Maybe he's making money off this. You know, if it's his team and, and this is generating money and, you know, you win this league, you must be getting some. I mean, it can't be a lot of money. Not, not, not that the guy's playing the games. It can't be that much, can it? I mean, there's money involved, I'm sure. It's just. <laughs> but that reaction, I don't know. 
Well, congratulations to the champions. Yeah, congratulations. The NBA 2K League champs year one, Knicks Gaming, Barry. Our first championship since 1973. Don't say that, Craig. Don't say that. You're legitimizing <laughs> it too much. The streak is over. The streak? <laughs> is that the... The drought? The drought is over, officially. Knicks are back on top, Barry. Wow. Barry, we were talking about taking live calls in this show. Oh, right, right. Should you I, should tweet that out. Let people I tweet know that we're out? Uh, recording. Yeah. I don't know if this is a good idea. Well, we tried and, it with the live um, tweet questions. Right. And people did that, although it's a lot easier to type something in there than to pick up the phone and call. There's a good chance nobody calls. Yep. Which would be embarrassing. Let's send out a tweet. I wrote, Knicks fans, it's a hard Knicks life recording in progress. Taking your phone calls live between now and 10.30 ET. 516-33-MESH-1. 516-336-3741. Everyone call in. It's kind of weird I say that, Barry, because it's a podcast. So, But they can call in whenever, right, Barry, and leave a message. If it's outside of that time, yeah. Oh, Jesus, Barry. All right, I'm if it's in that time, you're going to answer the phone, no? I think this is going to be the dumbest thing ever. Well, I really do. Well, it's... It's out in the uh, ether. All right, Barry. So while everyone's calling in, the phone lines are jumping. <laughs> you hear that Fizdale spoke, I think, for the first time since he came back from Latvia. Yeah. Two months to opening night. Yeah. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm, I'm, my coaches think I'm crazy. They're like, man, you're bouncing off the walls. I'm like, come on, man. I've been out of work for a while, so I miss being in the gym. I miss being on the sidelines. Uh, I miss the trenches and the, the, all of the ups and downs of it. And uh so I'm really excited to get back at it. Dude, Fizdale's pumped. By the way, that's Bruce Beck speaking to David Fizdale. Yeah, he's stoked. He can't wait. Do you embrace the challenge of straightening out the Knicks mess? Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't like to call anything that was before me a mess. Um, that's, I, you know, I respect the guys that came before me. You know, they just didn't, they didn't accomplish what they set out to do. And I'm here to accomplish that. And, you know, with, with the help of Steve and, and Scott and, you know, the whole organization and Chris Stapps and these guys, uh, I think we could put together something special. This guy can do no wrong, Fizdale, at least up to this date. Bruce Beck tried to, tried to trip him up there. You know, could have went bad. He could have came out in a bad light. But no, very respectful. He says the perfect things. I'm in love with him. <laughs> Is there reason for optimism for the fans? Well, yeah, I think you, it's already happening. You know, Chris Stapps is going to come back healthy. He was already having a big-time season last year when he got knocked down. We had an awesome draft uh, with Kevin Knox and, and Mitchell Robinson and, and uh, Alonzo Trier, our two-way player. Um, you know, Scott and these guys are really uh, sticking to an awesome plan of bringing in guys that maybe didn't work out in a place where they were at before, but they're a high draft pick and under some good player development and some culture. Maybe that kid can turn into something close to what he was expected to be. And so um, I really feel like we're all in sync and moving in the right direction with this thing, and we're doing it the right way. How important was it for you to travel to Latvia? This is what I was waiting for, Barry. Finally, we're getting some, some sound from Fisdale about what exactly happened on that Latvian trip. And cultivate the relationship oh, with Chris Stops. That was a, it was a must. Um, and that's just who I am. I've never... Um, not seeing a player in the summer. <laughs> so wherever they are, I'm going there. And for me and for my wife to be able to experience his culture, uh, to see how he and his family uh, live day to day in that city, how he grew up, uh, the things he ate growing up, all of the places he played and stuff. And 
uh, for him to share that with us and for his family to let us in that way and show us that hospitality was amazing. Do you think that Kristaps will buy in with this new regime? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Kristaps is excited. I'm telling you right now, he's excited. He, uh, we had fun. Four days of fun. Uh, we talked some hoop. I actually planned on watching film with him, but we was having so much fun just hanging out and talking that we never even got to the film part of it. And you know, a lot of the conversations was really about the culture and the environment that we're trying to create and you know where everybody's held accountable everybody respects each other and we're all here to serve each other and and i really feel like that clicked with him and you know i think he likes the challenge of me saying i want him to be the mvp i want him to be defensive player of the year that's you know real competitors they want that and uh you know i'm going right at it with them i want him to to, to look at himself that way barry that was one of the biggest things i got from this interview me, was me too me too and that's what i was waiting to hear again i wanted to hear those words mvp defensive player of the year all of that. It wasn't just that, but when he talked about when Bruce Beck asked Fisdale about if Porzingis is excited for the season, like I know you all heard Fisdale's answer, but if you see the video, he has the biggest smile on his face. It's so clear that he really knows that KP is jacked for the season. As jacked as you, Barry. <laughs> Barry doesn't get jacked. I get jacked. I thought it was a weird, weird word choice to, for me to say jacked, and now we've I said know, it like seven times. I know. I immediately think like I'm like, like, you know, like, like I've got guns, you know, like right. I've been working out, like I'm jacked like that. But you mean jacked as an excited, correct? Yeah, I think that. Yeah. 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 No, I get excited. To be honest, Barry's not jacked either way. <laughs> Muscle wise or excitement wise ever. Right. That is completely untrue. I get very excited, especially <laughs> during sporting events. Mm hmm. That was It was good to hear from Fizz. Good to see him doing something other than, you know, wearing a lobster bib. <laughs> no calls yet, Barry. All right. Did you see that Alonzo Trier was playing with Tim Hardaway Jr. at the, one of those Black Ops open runs that Chris Brickley holds? Yeah. See any of that? Yeah, I did. I caught a little bit of that. He's got skill, you know? So, yeah, he's, I mean, well, he's got great handle. Yeah. I mean, what it's going to develop into you know where he's going to be able to showcase that you know is he going to get his time you know up on the big stage you know that's yet to be seen you know is it going to transfer well into the nba right you know that's all question marks but yeah he's got skill he's got game he's definitely got the talent as to um where he could have gone somewhere in the draft so the, i mean the knicks got a, a a good grab there right chris brickley had this quote about Alonzo. Alonzo Trier was super impressive. I have no idea how Zoe went undrafted. The Knicks got a steal with him because he can really hoop, Barry. <laughs> From what I see of Trier, I mean, I think his biggest asset is, I mean, they call him ISO Zoe. He can really go one-on-one -on -one and lose someone to get to the hoop, right? He just, he does this stutter dribble, crossover, seems to always be able to get by his man. But, you know, one of his flaws, at least what we saw in Summer League, which how much of this we don't know if he's just trying to make the team and is trying to show off, but doesn't seem to pass the ball much. Right. So, Barry, I, I, you know how I sort of DM with Alonzo Trier once in a while? Yeah. I've been, like, harassing him to come on the show for a long time. <clears throat> I DM'd him. I said, how many points did you drop at Black Ops? You know, trying to sound cool. <laughs> and <laughs> Trier wrote, not sure exactly, LOL. And I wrote, a.k.a. a lot, right? If he doesn't know, he must have scored a lot. This is me <laughs> talking with Trier tonight, dude. 
And then I'm like, all right, well, now I have to ask him to come on the show tonight. So I write, want to come on the pod tonight to talk about that experience? Barry, you know what his response was? Did he give you a response? Yes. Okay. Eh, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) And then, (laughs) wasn't really an experience. It was just hooping, LOL. Yeah. That really put some things into perspective, Barry. (laughs) (laughs) One is that Trier has better shit to do than talk to us on a Sunday night, even for like five minutes. Right. The other thing is that he's just like, it was just hooping. Dude, for Knicks fans, nothing is just hooping. Like everyone goes crazy about all these videos and these guys don't, it's nothing to them. I know, but that's because we're starving. We're starving just for some NBA entertainment, especially if it's our team. He's like, just hooping. Dude, video of people of Knicks just hooping in the summer isn't just hooping. (laughs) That shit gets retweeted like a billion times the minute it comes out. Yeah, man. You crave it. Just hooping. There's no such thing as just hooping in New York, right, Barry? Wow, you sound jacked. You know what? We're getting no calls, but we did get a call earlier in the week from one of our listeners, Chris from Ronkonkoma. <laughs> What's up, Craig, Barry? This is Chris from Ronkonkoma. Um, I just wanted to check in with you guys and see who you were most intrigued about watching play this season. I know personally I'm pretty excited to see Mitchell Robinson play. He's obviously very athletic, got a lot of great highlights, but got to see if he can really do it in the NBA. What about you guys? I'll go first, Barry. Mine's Mitchell okay. Robinson for all the same reasons Chris said. And he's totally raw. We have no idea what he can be. Did you see that video of him the other day that he posted of him doing the dribble with the two balls and then yeah. throwing it down? Yeah. Yep. Dude, he did that. And I thought he was like, a, it was a shooting guard for a second. I know. Yep. Yep. It was pretty and he's, cool. how tall is he? 7'2 or 7'1. 7'1? Yeah, yeah. The way he dribbled with his left hand and then went up, brought the ball back and slammed it down, dude. It was not what seven foot one players do. Is yeah, he your? Yeah. Is he the? Is he the one guy you you want to see? Or no, I mean obviously I I want to see how he does too. But I mean there's really actually two guys that I got my eye on that I am the most excited to see how they do this year, um, and that's Frank Nilakina and Trey Burke. You know. I, I understand that some people are more private than others and aren't all over social media, and some guys are doing their own thing as far as training is concerned, so we don't see them in their workouts. But from what we do see, Nilakina and Burke are two guys that appear to have been super focused this offseason. I think these two guys both feel that they have a lot to prove, You know, obviously for totally different reasons. And it's not even about competing for a spot against one another because I do believe that they can complement each other well and switch their roles on the offensive side of the floor between the one and the two. And we even saw them share the backcourt last year and they look good together. It's more about proving it to themselves that, you know, for Frank, it's, you know, I belong in this league and I could be a standout player. And for Burke, you know, it's my career is far from over. I have that same upside in me that I had coming out of college, and I'm working my ass off not only to be a starter, but to show I'm better than 90% of the players in the league. So, you know, when this season gets underway, I'm hoping that the following happens. You know, one, Frank Nilakina, that he progresses and has, you know, substantial and, you know, noticeable improvement to his game where he's averaging, let's say, you know, 
12 points a game, seven assists, and obviously, you know, continues to be a lockdown defender. And two, for Trey Burke, that he plays even better than last season, a lot better, that he plays like an all-star. I mean, last year, his per 36 minutes were like 21.1 points and um, almost eight assists, so he's not that far off, you know, to all-star caliber. So, Craig, I've got a hypothetical for you. If you had to choose one or the other to happen out of the two things I just mentioned, so either Nilakina having that successful sophomore year on a consistent path to becoming a respectable oh, starter glad, in the league. I'm glad, you're having, reca- I'm glad you're recapping what you said, Barry, because I was zoning <laughs> out for a bit. Okay. Just went on forever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited about these guys. Oh. But, but if you had to choose one or the other to happen, you know, Nilakina. Have you know having a more polished all-around game, just continuing on his path to be you know to be like a you know a starter in the league, or Trey Burke you know stepping out as like a Kyrie Irving type player, playing like a superstar you know enough so that he's in the All-Star discussion this year. Which one would you choose? And keep in mind, if you choose Burke, that means Nilakina looks and plays exactly like he did last year, you know, and and Burke essentially comes down to earth and and plays reduced minutes than last year with Barry, a decrease this is a, in his production. This is a BS question. Why? What, what, if this you had to choose fair. one, do you, that's, I, I know you obviously question. want both to happen. It's Sophie's choice. <clears throat> would, you would you rather have happen? Trey Burke become an all-star this year? Yep. Or Nilakina slightly improve over last year? Right, but knowing in the future he's going to be on track to be... I'm not going to say an all-star, but because we don't know what's going to happen. But on his, you know, natural progression, slightly better, and and looked like he still has more in the bag, and he's going to continue to progress. But if but if I choose Burke, Nilakina's not progressing. That's right. Ooh. And I, see, that's why I'm posing this question because I know that you're like you know a huge you know Nilakina fan. Yeah, I don't think this is fair, Barry. Because if I choose Burke to become an all-star, it's ending Frank's career. Pretty much. Pretty much. Or, or at least his Nick career, because then he's probably going to get moved. <sighs> Fuck it. I mean, I guess I'd have to go with Frank Nilakina. Oh. oh, I thought you were going to say you had to go with Trey Burke. Trey Burke's still only, what is he, 25 or 26? He's still young. And now you have an all-star already on this team that's, you know, going to have, you know, another 10 years left in it. I will not sacrifice Nilakina's career, Barry. For one all-star season. You love him. You were in oh. love with him. <laughs> Ever since I read that Players' Tribune article, I'm rooting for him. Okay. And I believe in him. That's why I wanted to ask you that question. I, I know how much you love him. And that doesn't mean that Trey Burke can't have a great year, because I said that. He could still have a great year. No, of course, of course. And I, and I truly, I, I am the most excited to see the two of them. And I do hope that, you know, both those things uh, come to fruition. Right. This was just a really stupid hypothetical question by Barry. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to put you in a corner. Do I put you in the corner? You usually put me up against the wall, and you know, make me have to answer those tough questions. So you said a moment ago that you're the most excited to see Mitchell Robinson play this year, and he came out with a tweet earlier this week about uh, he wants to be in a slam dunk contest. Yeah, I think I responded to that, that every fucking game for Mitchell Robinson is going to be a slam dunk contest. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But that would be pretty awesome. You know, That we, would we be awesome. Yeah. I mean, talk about a show he could put on just with his athleticism and his height. You know how many seven-footers have been in the slam dunk contest? That's the first thing I thought of. 
when How I read many? that, I was trying to think. Yeah, yeah. I, How many seven footers have been in the? Sl- can I look it up? No. Um. And I'll tell you this: there's been 122 people in the slam dunk contest. Is Dwight Howard seven feet? He's six eleven. You know what? I'm looking it up. No, but you're looking what up? Seven footers who've been in the dunk contest. I, I'm just telling you to guess how many have been in there out of the 122 people. Oh, I just have to competed. guess how many? Not yeah, who? I'm not telling you to name the guys. No. How many do you think? Uh, be wasting everyone's time. All right. Uh, 121. <laughs> this is so... Why didn't you stop me before when I went to this whole Dwight <laughs> Howard thing? You said 121 total? 122, I think, uh, total. 122. Yeah. I don't know. Two. Close. There were three. Total of three. Ralph Sampson at seven foot four. That, that was back oh, in 1984. Yeah. So that was, was that the first one? Was it the first one, 84 or 83? Couldn't have been that many before that. Yeah, no, it was either 83 or 84 was the first one. But, um, so, and, then, and then beyond him, it was just two others at, at seven feet. So, I mean, he'd be the second tallest player ever to compete in the slam dunk contest. Who were the two other guys? Uh, Jonathan Bender in 2001. Okay. For Indiana. And uh, it was actually a Nick after that. And uh, JaVale McGee um, at seven feet in 2011. Here's a prediction, Barry. I guarantee you Mitchell Robinson ends up in this year's slam dunk competition. You, oh, you really do? You're that confident that he actually ends up in it? If he's healthy, he'll be in it. So my fear is that, you know, what if he, for one reason or another, he just he's not getting a lot of playing time, whether it's Philsdale wants to ease him in or, you know, he's just like a really end-of-the-bench type player for like the reason I just mentioned, like he doesn't want to give him playing time just yet. Um, is he going to – I know they don't have to be like superstars to be in the slam dunk contest, but is he going to be a recognizable enough name that they're going to let him in? Well, that might be the one way he doesn't, but I think he's going to play. Yeah, I'd love to see it, man. I really. I mean, would. he could easily end up in the Rising Stars game or something, and then – Yeah. It's hard for yeah, them to get – I think right. it's hard for them to get players who want to do that competition. Yeah. There can't be that many guys who are more impressive dunking the ball than – Mitchell Robinson, just for the sheer like height and length, yeah, and he can s- jump and speed. I mean, we saw all those fun things that you know he's, he can do on the basketball court. So yeah, that would be really, really exciting. Is Kevin Durant coming to the Knicks a possibility next off season? Have you seen some of the stuff that's been going on with Durant? Yeah. So recently, he had this photo shoot in New York City. Oh, maybe I didn't see this. So some photos came out of him with his sneaker that just came out, and he's on some buildings in, in Manhattan with some graphic that says, hate me now or something. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Durant came up with the unicorn nickname for Przingis when he was yeah. a rookie. Right. And Durant just said these nice things about Trey Burke on right. Instagram. Yeah, so um, Kevin Durant said on Trey Burke, he said, he tapped back into the real Trey Burke in the G League. Everybody's route is different. He grew his hair out and everything, LOL. No, there was something else, though, that he said. <laughs> no, that was it. <laughs> that was a quote. Was that the only quit, uh, quote? I think that was it. Uh, I thought there was something else. But it doesn't matter what he said, Barry. He was just commenting about Trey Burke. <laughs> and then, you know, Zach Lowe. Is it Zach Lowe? Yeah. Yeah, Zach Lowe in July on his podcast said something about how the noise of, Nick's, uh, how the noise of Durant to the Knicks is not bogus, he said. The Knicks are planning their entire offseason around him 100%. So there have been those like sort of like teases, Barry, about Durant coming to the Knicks. And then ESPN, the panel, whatever that means, the ESPN panel, yeah, said there's a 24% chance he joins the Knicks next offseason. 
Yeah, see, when, when I see stuff like that and I hear about, you know, Zach Lowe commenting, I, I, I can't put any stake in that because these are just these guys' opinions. You know, they, they really don't have much more insider information than what we see. Um, you know, so I do take more from his compliment to Burke or, you know, stuff that he says and the way he positions himself. But I, I can't really go off, you know, 24% of these people think he's going to the Knicks because it's, really, it's right. really meaningless. I don't even know, you know who those people are. It comes down to what are. KD wants, I know. Or do we take Durant at his word? Do you remember when he said this, Barry? He was asked if he would ever play for the New York Knicks. Mm. Do you remember what he said? Yep. So when you come to the Knicks, man, come on. Never. Never. Never, Barry. That's pretty definitive. <laughs> How do you say never? And he was interviewed in New York. I think that was like at Rucker Park. But now he's posing on buildings in New York. Maybe that's just where like this, where the sneaker headquarters, Nike headquarters is? Most players, if they're asked to go to a team and they can't see themselves going to the team, you know, they're going to say, you know, we, we don't know what the future holds or, you know, I don't think I could really see myself there. But to say never, isn't that odd? I think most players would say like, well, I'm, a th- um, you know, I'm with the Warriors right now. That, yeah. That's my focus. What did the Knicks do to him that he can't see himself ever playing in New York, that he would say it so emphatically like that? That's why it's a hard Knicks life, Barry. And that's why I don't know if I can really believe there's any chance Durant ever comes here. Let me ask you a question, Barry. Let me put you on the spot. Okay. Let's say the Knicks can sign some players next offseason. Who would you rather have? Jimmy Butler and Kyrie Irving or just Kevin Durant? Now, keep in hmm. mind, Barry, if it's just Kevin Durant, we probably don't, we won't have to give up Tim Hardaway Jr. in order to get Jimmy Butler or some other big contracts. Right, we'll be able to basically keep everyone we have and just add Durant. Right. Because we'll have that space. Right. See now if you would ask me Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving, it's so easy. I had I had originally been like really stoked and excited about the possibility of Kyrie Irving and then the more it sits with me, the more nervous I get. I just keep thinking about his knee. I keep you know, thinking about how often he sits out and uh, just the lingering issues with his knee. Like even if he doesn't have another major injury you know, going forward in the future, you're still going to deal with him having pain from time to time because of it, having stiffness, um, arthritis is probably going to set in, his muscles are weak, you know, so even if he goes injury free, there's still going to be all that time you're going to be losing. And then there's that threat of another injury. So that hasn't been sitting well with me. And I'm almost leaning toward not wanting him if we can get, you know, another, a different superstar on this team. Now you throw Jimmy Butler into the mix with him, and then I got to compare that to Durant. But like you said, we'll probably hang on to a couple other guys that have been uh, doing well, like Tim Hardaway, and I do like Hardaway. Um, I think I would take KD. Um, It would put us in the predicament of having some strange lineups on the floor, I think, because now you got like essentially like three seven foot plus guys that are all like crazy athletic that can all pop a three-pointer i mean even mitchell robinson was shooting threes in high school um i know the line is further back and we don't know what his game is going to be but you basically have three similar players that are like are you putting mitchell robinson in that three no i'm putting him in that three as far as his build um yeah but you got kevin knox porzingis durant yeah which are all around seven feet and then Robinson, too. Yeah. Which would be crazy. Yeah. 
then you could have, unless Robinson's just coming off the bench, four guys. Look, if nothing all around else, seven feet tall. <laughs> if nothing else, it's I mean it's a good problem to have to have to decide between those scenarios, right? Right. So we'll see. You know, at yo, least. Yo, dude, we're getting a call in right now. Okay. We got Brent from. Louisiana. It's a hard Knicks life, Brent. You live in it? Definitely. You're a Knicks fan in Louisiana. How'd that happen? Uh, strangely enough, I was a real big fan of Carmelo, and I was also a big fan of Lamari. So when I found out they were on the same team, I was super excited. But that, the way that didn't turn out was too well. But after that, I, I still like the Knicks core. I really liked KP when he came into the league. So I decided to keep watching, and now I'm kind of hooked on it. Now you're not drawn to, uh, to the Pelicans at all, being down in Louisiana? I am, but it's kind of like a, kind of an erupt for them right now with Anthony Davis being so good. And I, part of me who likes him as a player wants him to leave because I know uh, Louisiana is not really a basketball town. It's more of a football. Hold on. It's a rut for the Pelicans? I know the Knicks aren't great, but at least the Pelicans it just feels <laughs> that they're just throwing everything at them just to keep them to stay. And it's like Anthony Davis is too good for the team a little bit. Honestly, yeah. I'd like to see him go just so he could succeed a little bit in his career. What, did you want to talk about anything tonight? Yeah, I just wanted to ask y'all, what are your opinions on uh, Kevin Knox? And just what position is he going to play most of the year? Like with KP out, do you see him playing mostly at the four or and keeping him at the three? Or do you think they're just going to experiment and see what works out? I think he's going to play a lot at the three, Brent. Um, they have Hazonia, who I think is probably going to start at the four. But honestly... They're going to probably be switching back between the three and the four, but I just see Knox working out at the three this year, you know, until he builds some more size to play the four. Uh, I think he's going to actually handle the ball a lot, bring the ball up a bit. Uh, Barry, what do you think? Four, three? I, I, I take Fisdale at his word when he always preaches about the positionless basketball. I think some coaches will say that if they don't know yet where they're going to play each guy and they're kind of stalling, but I do take him at his word. And I mean, I definitely do think Knox and um, Hazonia are interchangeable at those two spots. Um, so, you know, it's probably going to come down to coverage as far as on the defensive side of the ball. And then on offense, I mean, you got two great wings there that could do a lot of stuff. But I am, I do think he's going to have a big, big year, a big rookie year. Um, I think he's going to do well in this year, and I don't think it's going to take a long time for him to show what he's got. What do you think of that, Brent? You you satisfied with those answers? Yeah, pretty much. I'm just excited to see him play in general, but I'm just curious about like how pretty much how to fit on just a timetable because I think it's coming back. Period. Because they say right. he's going to come back around. I don't even remember. I, I don't even know if he's going to even come back at all this season. Like I don't know. I'm I'm hopeful, but I don't want it to get my hopes up and then him coming back hurt and playing hurt. Right, he's probably going to come back around January, February. I don't honestly, I don't think Porzingis coming back is going to affect Knox at all. Porzingis will come back, play the four mostly, a little bit at the five probably. But Knox and Porzingis are going to be on the floor at the same time. And I heard recently Porzingis is only going to be playing probably like twenty five, twenty six minutes a, a night when he comes back. So I don't know what you think, Barry, but I don't think it's going to have much effect on Knox. I think we're going to see a ton of Knox all year at the three, at the four. Right, Barry? I agree. I agree. And I think that makes sense about limiting Przingis' minutes, but at least kind of getting a glimpse as to what this team is going to look like, you know, going ahead. And yeah, Fizdale's definitely going to want the two of them on the floor together. There's, you know, he sees the two of them as, you know, two building blocks of the future of this team. Yeah, you're going to see a lot of them, Brent. Thanks for calling in. No problem. Thanks for my phone. All right, you're welcome. Have a good night. Okay, you too. Bye. Night, Brent. So thank you to Brent from Louisiana, all the way from Louisiana, Barry.
you know, Frank Nilakina, some news came out this week that he will not be playing with France in the World Cup qualifiers. And he's going to just focus solely on getting ready for the next season. I think that's great news, Barry. As do I. We're like 30-something days away from the first preseason game. And Frank's priorities are what our priorities are, the Knicks, right? Knicks, number one. Family, number two. Right, Barry? Not letting Moutier get any more of Fisdale's attention while he's away in Europe. You know, he's got to stay. He's got to stay in uh, Fisdale's sights. He's got to be on that floor in their training camp. Listen, he's excited about the season, and he should be. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, honestly... When you were asking me about Nilakina before, you know what? One of the reasons I really believe in that kid What's is that? that last year, I think we forget, last year was his rookie season. Last season felt a little long, so it feels like Frank's been around for a couple of years. That was his rookie year, and it was under Jeff Hornacek, Barry. Yeah. Who yep. did and, nothing and you, for right. anybody. That's right. Yeah, and you could argue that, you know, that it, it kind of stifled um, most of his rookie Season. You could argue Hornacek stifled everything and everyone. Right? He didn't let anyone play through mistakes or anything. He'd put Nilakina in for like three minutes and pull him out if he did something bad. He would play Jarrett Jack over him. Yeah, that's crazy to wrap your head around that but whole But even with all that, Nilakina had some games, Barry, that were showed you what he can do defensively. He had, he had glimpses. He had glimpses. You know, he had some games where he got a little clutch at the end of the games. Right against Brooklyn that one night. Yeah. The fact that a 19-year-old from France who had never lifted a weight before this offseason, Barry gave you anything with Jeff Hornacek as the coach last year on the short leash that he put those young guys is a great sign, I think. What do you think about the France thing? Yeah, I mean, from what I read as far as like the response on Twitter, it seems like people are like split down the middle. Some people were like really excited to see him in action, especially as you know, knowing that he was going to be one of the better players on the floor, you know, um, at where he's at right now. But, I mean, you're going to get to see him, you know, just wait another month. You'll get to see him in a Knicks uniform and let him stay with this team. Like I said, let him, you know, be close to Fisdale, learn Fisdale's philosophies and, you know, just gain that confidence and to step into that leadership role here. So I, th- I think it's great. I, I, I respect uh, Nilakina. Uh, staying here because it could be tempting to go over there on that stage and know that you're going to be, you know, all eyes on you. So I, I think it says a lot about his character. Yeah, I know. I know there are some like French Knicks fans who are upset about the whole thing. Of course, of course. But guess what? We don't give a shit about the World Cup. I thought you were going to give a shit. I thought you were going to say we don't give a shit about the French. We don't give a shit about France. That's not true. <laughs> we don't. We don't care about the World Cup. The World Cup qualifiers. The World Cup qualifiers. We're really going to... next year. Yeah, let's let's stunt Frankel. He was stunted for an entire year with Hornacek. And now let's do it a little more so France can do well in the World Cup qualifiers. There's a very um, well-put-together quote that he said, renouncing it. Did, did you actually read the actual quote of what he said? What's the quote? It is with great honor and pride that I... This was in French, though. This is the translation, but... It is with great honor and pride that I received the announcement of my selection. However, at the dawn of my second NBA season with the New York Knicks, the timing appears very complex. It is with great regret that I will not be able to finally join the rest of the group. (laughs) 
the, what did he say? It's complex. The timing is complex. The timing appears very complex. I guess the fact that it's just before the season's starting and the team's getting together and training camp. That sounds like a translation issue. Well, I didn't translate it. All right, Barry. All right, Craig, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. That's going to do it for the show today. Thank you to Brent from Louisiana for being our lone caller. I'm going to turn that voicemail back on if anybody wants to call in and leave a message like Chris did. Thank you to Chris, too. And Bart. Hopefully he's all right. We are here for all struggling Knicks fans. Barry, we got a special appearance on Tuesday, August 28th, Barry. 10.30 p.m. Barry and I will be live with the Nothing But Knicks YouTube show with Simeon Russell. So everyone should tune in for that, right, Barry? Yeah, you know, you're going to have to watch your mouth on that show. Why? You know, they, because there's never any cursing on that show. You've got a filthy mouth. Well, it's going to be interesting. So looking forward to that. You can contact us. It's a hardnickslife at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at hardnickslife. You can call us, Barry. 516-33-MESH1. Barry, it's your thing to give the number. I never give it. You, you started out with the 516. I thought you were going to go the whole, the whole nine yards. We'll be back in a couple weeks. Enjoy your Labor Day. May it be laborious. No, it's not supposed to be laborious that they take off. Oh, may it not be laborious. I meant like, may you be enjoying it so much it becomes laborious. Does that make sense? No. It's a hard Nick's life. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.